0: Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. We're doing a series called Plato. This series is based on 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 12, which, Broger, that is our first slide. Give it up for Dylan, running slides tonight for us. So, Dil- yeah, everybody has a love language. You know, some it's touch, some it's quality time. Uh, for, for Dylan, um, it's dabbing, so if you really love him... If you really love him, you will dab with him. Um, but our, our, our theme verse for this series, um, some of you kind of know it by heart now, it's 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, don't look any, let anyone down, look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. As we studied this, um, what we learned was that this word example, uh, it's actually the same Greek word that is used to describe the indentions that were put in Jesus' hands when he was nailed to the cross. Um, So this word that was translated in this verse as example and others, scars or indentions, um, what it really means is something that is forged by a blow or, or, or that, is, that is forged into something. So what this verse is saying is that we're supposed to leave an impression on people. We're supposed to leave a mark on people. And this is the way in which we're supposed to set that example, leave that mark. There are five areas. There's speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. Talked about speech a couple weeks ago. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. We talked about conduct then. We talked about how people are watching our lives, we need to live in a way that glorifies God. Last week we talked about love. Remember I gave you some love questions? I gave you like a ton of love questions uh, that you could, you kind of evaluate whether or not you're, you're showing a Christ-like love towards people. Um, tonight we're going to talk about faith. Um, so we finally make it to the F word. We finally make it to faith. And um, faith is translated from this Greek word called pistis. Look at the person next to you and say pistis. Uh, There's two ways to pronounce it. You can say it pistis or you can say it pistis. I think pistis sounds better. Um, That's the way um, I usually pronounce it. Uh, So if you're reading this um, and you're looking at this word in the notes or something, pistis. And here's what this means. It means conviction of the truth of something or belief or faithfulness, like faithfulness to something. So we're, we're talking about faith. We're supposed to leave on people that we come in contact with. We're supposed to leave an impression on them of, (laughs) some of you are totally grossed out by that, we're supposed to leave an impression of one who has faith. So that's great, but you kind of probably know as well as I do, um, there are a lot of Christians maybe that they have faith and they believe something, but the way that they live is like totally contradictory to what they say they believe. You You have Christians who believe that God is loving and they're some of the saltiest people on the face of the earth. You know what I mean? They believe in a loving God, but they're not loving. Um, You have Christians that believe that God has called them to be holy, yet on Friday night they're doing anything but being holy. You know what I mean? So we see like this hypocrisy among Christians, and the problem is we're not the only ones who see it. People who don't believe in Jesus see it too, and then they're like, why would I want what you have if you're no different than I am? You say you have faith, but your faith hasn't changed your life. So tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about five things that are like markers of faith. And man, does Vaseline burn your hands? Because my hands are like on fire right now. Maybe it's because I smacked it. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about this faith thing. We're going to talk about what, what is faith? Why is it that it's so important? We're going to learn five things about faith. And each of these five things we're going to learn about faith and what it means to have faith in Jesus. Each of these five things, I've got some faith questions. Now, some of you like to take notes, and you've hated me the past couple weeks because I've given you, like, you know, 12 reasons why you should do this and 50 reasons you, and you're like, you know, getting hand cramps. i got five things for you tonight. It's going to be super, 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 super easy. Um, it's kind of one of those things that can be easy to understand, hard to, like, make the decision to live out, though. So five things about faith. And where we're going to learn about faith is from Romans 1. The Bible talks a lot about faith, obviously. Um, there's a whole chapter in Hebrews that's dedicated to the example of people who lived out in their faith. It's Hebrews, I believe, chapter 11. They call it like the hall of faith. Um, there's all kind of, the Bible talks so much about faith, but in this section of the Bible, I was looking it up, there is not one other passage of the Bible other than in Hebrews um, where it talks about and it uses this pistis word for faith more than this passage right here, and it's in Romans 1. So if you have your Bible, you can kind of follow along with me. Um, if not, um, you can read on the screens. Dylan, you're going to have to skip a slide. Oh, you are on it. You, you're balling. Thank you. Okay. I, I shouldn't have even doubted you for one millisecond. Um, so we're going to read Romans 1 together. If you, can, if you don't have a Bible, you can read it on the screens. Um, let's read it together. Paul, a servant of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as his earthly life was a descendant of David and through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Though through him we were we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. There's the first faith. Faith in his name's sake. And. And for you also are among the Gentiles who are called and belong to Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome and loved by God and called to be His holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your, here's the the next one, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, who I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of His Son, is my witness to how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that by now, At last, by God's will, by the way you'll be open, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's, here it is again, by each other's faith. I do not want you, however, to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented doing so till now, in order that I might have a harvest among you just as I have had among the Gentiles. I'm obligated to both Jews and Jews, or excuse me, to both Greek and non-Greek, both to the wise and the foolish. That's why I'm eager to preach the gospel um, to you also who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. That word believe is actually pistis in verb form, so that's kind of like another faith who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile, for in the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So mentions faith quite often. So in each of these mentions, we can learn something about faith. Uh, so let's just jump right in. Here's the first one: Faith comes first. Uh, I got this picture on here of the chicken and the egg because that's the quintessential, you know, scientific question: What came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, if you are if you are a believer in Jesus and you're a believer in the Bible, um, we can answer that question pretty easily. That God made animals and then He told him, you know, He told the earth, "Go be fruitful and multiply. So we, um, we know God made the chicken. The chicken made the egg. But we've got this thing with religion that sometimes we get it backwards. And we put the egg before the chicken. We put the cart before the horse. And here's kind of what we do sometimes. This is what we do. We think that we have to work our way to God. And we think that if we can do enough good things, we can get to God and we can have this faith. But what we don't know is, or what we sometimes don't realize is that faith comes first. If you look at this verse, it says, Through him we received a grace and an apostleship to call the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith at his namesake. Does f- obedience make faith? No, faith makes obedience. It's a big difference. Here, here, here's here's kind of where the rubber meets the road on this one. Um, let me kind of get my bearings. Jesus is the one who gave us faith. He's the one who secured who we are by, if you look, if you, if you back up a little bit, it says, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Jesus, through Jesus we received grace. So, did we receive grace? Did we, can you be saved because you went to church every day of your life? Can you be saved because your parents are Christian? No. You're saved because you put your faith in Jesus. And then when you put your faith in Jesus... The Holy Spirit lives in you, and you actually then have the ability to do what's right. See, for thousands and thousands of years, people tried to get to God through their obedience. You can read about them in the Old Testament. It talks about the people of Israel. God gave them this law and said, here, it's almost like a dare. Keep this law, and you can get into heaven. You know what? None of them could keep the law. None of them could do what's right, no matter how hard they tried. It wasn't until Jesus came, he died on the cross, he made a way for us through faith to be obedient to God. Obedience comes from faith. So for some of us, we have to get out of that mindset. Uh, you can't live the Christian life without Christ. That's when, that's when hypocrisy comes, when people start trying to be Christians without Christ. And, and all of us are like, yeah, I know people that, that, that do that. I think we need to look in the mirror. Because I think all of us are guilty at some point in our life of trying to be a Christian without Christ. We do that. We come on Sunday, and we're like, you know, I'm doing this because my parents brought me here, or I'm doing this because I'll feel guilty if I don't go to church. I'll feel guilty if I don't read my Bible. And we don't do it through our faith and motivated by our faith in Christ. We do it because we're like, man, I feel really guilty if I don't do this, or I feel like if I do this, maybe I can earn God's favor. You can't earn your way to heaven, you can't earn your way to favor with God, you can't earn your way to God's love. It's a gift, it's grace, and it comes through faith. Faith comes first. So the first question, this is the first question I want you to ask yourself. Don't ask this for somebody else. Ask yourself this question. I tweeted all these yesterday because I just all of a sudden got real Twitter crazy. Wyatt and I are trying to resurrect Twitter because we think there's a lot of hate on Twitter, so we decided we're going to restart our refuel Twitter account and I'm going to start tweeting again. So this is the first thing I tweeted, and this is the first question I want you to think about. Do I put my faith in what I've done for Jesus or what he's done for me? You understand that there's a big difference for that? A big difference for that? If my faith is based on what I do for Jesus, there have been a lot, I've done a lot of cool things for Jesus, but there have been a lot of times I let Jesus down. There have been a lot of times I messed up. So if my faith is based on what I do for Jesus, guess what? Sometimes my faith's gonna be up here. Sometimes my faith is gonna be down here. And you know what happens? We can never predict when something's gonna come and test our faith. And if the test comes for our faith, when we're not doing for Jesus what we should do for Jesus, guess what? Our faith folds under pressure. And faith shouldn't fold under pressure. So do I put my faith in what I've done for Jesus or what he's done for me? The next thing we learn about faith, faith makes an impression on my world. This is so cool. Paul's writing to this church in Rome. And the church in Rome, they were kind of in the middle of a very not, um, it was, I'm trying to how to, I'll describe it this way. When I, I used to work in Washington D.C. Um, as a as a call as an intern, I worked on Capitol Hill as an intern, and I was exploring the city one night. It was about I think it was about midnight, eleven thirty. You know how daddy, you know how your dad says nothing good happens after midnight. He's right um, because my friend and I we were just riding, we we're just cruising the metro because we had these cards where we had unlimited metro rides, so we were just like checking all these areas in D.C. We got to this place. Um, it was an area of D.C. is supposed to be this real hip area. It's called Adams Morgan and we got out. We're walking down the street. Um, There's a lot of, like, restaurants and stuff still open. It's still really alive. And I, I was noticing, like, I'm walking by, and, like, like, all these girls are, like, smiling at me and, like, winking at me. And I'm, like, man, I mean, I know I've been working out and everything, but wow. So I was feeling pretty good, and I even mentioned it to my buddy. I was, like, we need to come up here more often. And then and then I crossed, I was on the sidewalk, I crossed paths with this one girl, winked at me, and I realized, these are not girls that are winking at me. I was in like the cross-dressing capital of D.C. So you got a, you got a boy from Huntington, West Virginia, in the middle of the cross-dressing capital of D.C., out of place, right? In over my head. It's kind of funny, but to me it was also pretty like, I just was not ready for that. Rome was one of the wildest places to live at the time. Paul's writing this letter to Christians who were in Rome. If you're a Christian and you're living out your faith in a place where the state religion has you go worship at a temple with temple prostitutes, you think your faith's going to stand out? You better believe it's going to stand out when you're living for Jesus rather than living for this, this paganism. And here's what Paul said, here's what he was writing, and here's what God said about these Christians that were in Rome. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all the, across all the world, over all the world. These Roman Christians made an impression on the world because of their faith. You think people aren't watching? People watch Christians. Sometimes they watch to see them mess up. Sometimes they watch out of curiosity. But you don't want to know this, and you may say this isn't fair, but it's just the way it is. When you're going through a tough time in your life, when stuff happens in your life, people who are not Christians are watching you to see how you handle the pressure. When you're going through a loss, people are watching you. When a friend turns their back on you, people are watching you people are watching. And the way in which our faith either folds or stands firm, it makes an impression. So here's the next question. What impression, this is the next tweet question, what what impression has my faith left on my school? Because they're watching. So I want you to think about that. What impression has my faith left on my school? The next thing we learn about faith, we skip over to verse 12. Faith makes an impression on my church. This is cool. Um, Paul, starting in verse 11, he says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong, that is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You can go to the next slide, Dylan. That we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Here's something that maybe you didn't think about. Someone here has what I need to grow in my faith. One of y'all has what I need to grow in my faith tonight, and I have what one of y'all needs to grow in your faith tonight. That's, that, that's interesting. You want to know one of my favorite nights of the week? It's tonight. And I work, kind of, I try to work hard all week in preparing a lesson. It's almost like preparing a meal for you guys, only the meal is like the Scripture. You know, I'm, yeah, I want you to be fed. You know what I learned? When I come tonight and when I go home, I'm going to feel energized, especially a very tough day. It's been a very tough day for me and my family. But there's no place I'd rather be from here because when, when I hang out with you guys, I get pumped up. When I see you guys make, when I hear about the things that you guys are going through, when you're making your decisions and you're holding on to your faith, and I see teenagers, Christian teenagers who are standing out, believing in Jesus, you know what it makes me, I I'm not going to beat my chest because I have grease on my hands and I ruined my shirt. It makes me want to do like a big old King Kong, just beat my chest. I get so pumped up from you guys, seeing you guys in your faith. And it's what Paul says, we're mutually encouraged by each other's faith. He says, I long to see you. Paul's writing him this letter from hundreds of miles away. He hasn't been able to go and meet with them because sometimes text isn't good enough. Sometimes Instagram direct messages and Snapchats just aren't enough. Sometimes we need to just be together with people so we can encourage each other. Sometimes we need to, don't take this wrong way, we need to be within touching distance of each other. Right, Touch the person next to you. Yeah. Look to the person next to you and say, there's power in the touch. There's power in the touch. Because we are mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Here, so here's, here's the next question. We're supposed to be givers and we're supposed to be takers. We're supposed to, I'm supposed to be building Andrew up. He's supposed to be building me up. It's supposed to be a two-way street. Sometimes we come to church, not just youth group, but big church, and we're spectators. We sit and we watch. Church is not supposed to be sit and watch. Church is supposed to be give and take. So here's the next question. Am I a giver or a taker in my church family? Am I a giver or a taker in my church family? If you're only a taker and not a giver, there's somebody whose faith needs to be built up by you that are not getting their faith built up. If you don't come and you don't soak in what's here, you're missing out on something that God has planned for you to build your faith. Next thing we learn. I like this one. I really like this one. This one gets me going. Um, Verse, (laughs) some of you are, I'm really creeping you out tonight. Verse 16, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. This word, believes, if you look it up in the way it was originally written in Greek, it's the verb form of the noun faith, pistis. So we've done really good at turning ver- or nouns into verbs. As you grow up, you're going to learn a, ver- a noun that's been turned into a verb that's very difficult. It's the, it's the verb noun adulting. You're going to have to learn what it means to go to the DMV and renew your car registration. And some of you are going to post and you're going to be like, oh, I just hate adulting today. You know, we, we take nouns and we turn them into, and we turn them into verbs. You may be too young to remember. Do you remember the whole planking thing? Right? <laughs> How ridiculous it was. Yeah. We turned a noun into a verb. Plank is a noun. We turned it into a verb. We turned a proper noun, Tim Tebow, into a verb. Remember Tebowing? Remember you had to take a picture in Tebow? Right? They took this noun, faith, and they turned it into a verb. So you could say it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who faiths. To everyone who faiths. So faith is not just a noun. It's not just a thing. It's something we do. It's something we do. But here's what I love. It talks about the gospel. The gospel means good news because it's the power of God that brings salvation to every three people who faith, who act on their faith, right? Is that what it says? Yeah. To the Americans who believe. But to the Canadians, sorry, we're holding Justin Bieber against you. It says, to everyone who believes, this faith thing is not limited to certain people, and it's not limited to people who are rich or people who are poor. You know what I'm thankful for? It's not even limited just to smart people. Stupid people can exercise faith too. That's good for me. Look at this. In verse 14, it says, I'm obligated both to the Jews and or to the Greeks and the non Greeks both to the wise and to the foolish foolish in preaching this gospel. So if you're foolish, there's hope for you. Look at the person next to you and say, there's hope for you. <laughs> there's hope for you. Thank you, Dylan. There is hope for me too. So there's hope for you. And and this faith is not just some faith. It's not just, oh I believe in something. There's something out there. There's like positive positive energy, and I just send my positive energy to Avery. He sends his positive energy to me. That's not, it's a specific faith. Look at this faith. Um, I think my mic is dead. Look at this faith. Verse, um, verse one, it says, um, Paul, servant Christ Jesus, set apart for the gospel of God. If you keep going down, um, in verse nine, it says, the gospel of his son. If you look in verse 16, not in my translation, but most translations translate it this way, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. It's believing in Jesus, believing in what he said, and what he said is true, and acting on it. So, next question I want to ask. When the opportunity, when given the opportunity to share my faith, do I pipe up or shut up? If I truly believe that this faith, that faith thing, that yeah, that, that through my that through faith there is the power to save anyone if they would act on and exercise that faith. Do I actually believe it myself? Do I believe that anyone can be saved? And here's the final thing, and this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, and this is the tough one. This this is the tough one, and here 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 it is. Faith holds firm under pressure. We're talking about Plato series, but you know what I know about Plato. It doesn't do very well under pressure, does it? What happens when Plato goes under pressure? It turns into a pancake, right? Plato, wow. Plato does not hold up under pressure, does it? When we, when we exercise what I call false faith, you know what happens? It doesn't hold up under pressure. You want to know what an example of false faith would be? False faith is... False faith is believing, putting faith in my parents' faith. Some of you you just been your parents have been toting you along to church your whole life. Yeah, there was a time where you like you, know, you somebody took you in the corner and was like, Do you believe in Jesus? And then you're like, yeah. You know, but you I hope that's not how it was for you. Maybe it was. And and the whole rest of the time, you're like, yeah, my parents are Christians. We go to church. It's all good. And you put your faith in your parents' faith, but there's going to come a time where your faith has to stand on its own and pressure hits you and your faith's not going to stand because it's a false faith. Um, Another false faith is faith in my religion. Faith that if I give enough offering, if I go to church enough, if I go on mission trips, if I help out with BBS that everything will be okay. But you know what happens? It's going to be November. She's going to text you and say, I think it's time we start seeing other people. And you know what? You're going to totally forget about that mission trip, aren't you? It doesn't hold up under pressure. Faith in someone else's faith, faith in my works and actions. Here's another big one, faith in my feelings. I love when I go to church and the music is just right and the lights are just right. The worship leader's jeans are skinny enough. And we sing and I get goosebumps from my head to my feet. The pastor preaches and it's exactly what I want to hear. And I come out being just like, I love Jesus. That's great. But how many of you have had that spiritual high and then the next day you've had a spiritual low? The day after that mission trip the day after camp. Right? When you put your faith in your feelings, here's what I can guarantee about your feelings. You will never be happy 100% of the time. You'll probably never be happy 10% of the time. You're doing good if you're happy 10% of the time. But if you put your faith in your feelings, right? That's a real attractive noise I just made. You put your faith in your feelings. Here's another one. Have you ever thought about this? If you put your faith in your faith, that's a false faith. If you put your faith in your faith, that's a false faith. Your ability to believe, that's a false faith. False faiths fold under pressure. You know what you put your faith in? You don't put your faith in yourself. You don't put your faith in your ability to believe. You don't put your faith in your parents' faith. There's one thing that can handle the pressure of life and this is it. This is why I did it. This is why I made this cross. Nothing can withstand. This is a cross, by the way. I made out of concrete. Um, You can put as much pressure as you want to on this thing, but it will not break because you can never change what Jesus did for you on the cross. You can be in the deepest depression, and Jesus still died for you. You can have everyone turn their back on you, and Jesus still died for you. Nothing can, nothing can outpressure the cross. So you see what I mean. When we put our faith in our feelings, when we put our faith in our faith, it folds under pressure. When we put our faith in the cross, nothing can undermine that faith. Faith holds firm under pressure. We can't put our, here's, here's topic, We can't put our faith in our Bible reading in our Bible knowledge. I think sometimes we think, man, if I just knew more about God my faith would be stronger. And that may be true to a degree, but I can point you to a guy, his name is Bart Ehrman. You probably haven't heard of that guy. Uh, I can point you to a guy whose name is Bart Ehrman, who knows more about the Bible than most of, most, most of you could ever hope to know. If you studied the Bible all your life, he'd probably know more about the Bible than you do. He's the chair of the Department of Religion at University of North Carolina. He's written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books on the books of the Bible. And you know what? He's an agnostic. He's learned a ton about God and a ton about Jesus. He knows a ton about Jesus, but he doesn't know Jesus. Some of us think if we could just read our Bible. If you know me, you know I'm all about reading the Bible. I'm like, read your Bible, and you, you get tired of hearing me say it. So I'm not telling you not to read your Bible. Here's what I'm telling you. If you, all you do is know about God... How would that work in other relationships in your life? If you wanted to go out with a girl and all you did was know about her and follow her from a distance, that'd be kind of creepy. That would be a... You, you would get a restraining order against you. Some of you are stalking God. You're, you're spiritual stalkers. And, and, and you, you read about Him. You come to church and you learn about Him. You try to find out everything there is to know about God, but you don't know God. You want to know how that's evidenced? It's when you, take, you have all this Bible knowledge that you don't act on. It's when you have a trial in your life and rather than rem- remembering who you are in Christ, you fold. Somebody leaves you. Somebody passes away and your whole world falls apart. By the way, it doesn't mean things are easy and it's always going to be great, but it means that your faith holds firm under pressure. So the question I want want to ask you tonight is, what is your faith based on? Is it based on what Jesus did on the cross? Is it solid? Or is it based on the way that you feel tonight? Here's the good news. When you put your faith in Jesus, you get to know him every day. You spend time with him. You obey, and then you obey, and you obey, and you read and obey and read and obey and pray. You start growing in your relationship with Him, and your faith becomes solid. So here's the final question I want to leave you with, and we're going to dismiss the tag. Do I let faith or feelings drive my life? If you really think about it, it's pretty tough. So let's pray, and we'll get out of here. Father, thank you so much that, um, that our faith can be firm. Um, you know, We can't always anticipate what's coming up, um, but we do know that no matter what happens to us tomorrow, tonight, a year from now, nothing can take away what you did for us. Nothing can take away who you are. Nothing can take away who we are in you. So Father, I pray that our faith will be firmly based on the foundation of who you are and of what you did for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.